Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Well, first things first, Christians are called to prioritize their life, and it's one of the things that we do. There's two, uh, two facets, two dimensions to alignment. One of them is you're in line or in position. The other is that you, are, that you have an agreement, an alliance to something, that you are in alignment I believe that's what God is calling us at the start of 2018 this year, is to realign ourselves for 2018, to find ourselves in the right position. That's why it says, as we say in the Scripture, in the, in the giving message, when you align your finances, when you align your heart through your finances to God, God says, test me in this. Say, say that, test me in this. Fancy God saying that, test me in this. It says in Malachi 3.10, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room to store it. Now, we in the Western world, we go to stuff that you'll have so much stuff that you will not be able to contain it. Well, it's probably not that at all. It's probably that you will, if you align yourself and reposition yourself, that you will receive so much blessing in your heart of His extravagant love that you won't be able to contain it, church. Does that make sense? Does that help someone this morning? That you have to give it away. That wherever you go, even to the checkout lady at the, sh- at the shops, you're wanting to give this love away even with your friends and family, and even to your extended family, now you seemingly want to give this great love away. I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm not talking about a set of rules, but I'm talking about changing on the inside, changing on the inside, and then actually seeing the windows of heaven opened over your life where you can actually see a glimpse of glory of God's radiant love, wonderful love being poured out upon you and upon humanity. Can you see it? Can you see it? Sometimes we have to remove the scales from our eyes, and I hope that that might happen as we go through this this message this morning. I believe... And I concur that there is a renewal of faith being released for the start of 2018. Everything contrary to Jesus, we need to put that behind us and we need to ready ourselves for a new season. Who feels that? Can I, get, can I just get some response? Who feels that something's going down? We know about all the bad stuff on the planet. We know all about that. But actually, there's another good tension, and that is God working behind the scenes doing good stuff. 
Who believes God is doing good stuff on the planet, in your family? God's a good God. He's sovereign. He's in control. He's turning all things around. Another version says he can turn the cosmos around to those who love God according to his good purpose. He can turn that situation around and make it better. I believe the Lord is hitting the reset button. He's allowing a reprioritizing in your life. So instead of continuing with the pace and the hectic pace of your life and, and being carried along by all the demands, the schedules, and uh, a good thing to do in January is to pull up somewhat. And Julie and I, every January, we get away in our caravan. Uh, it's a bit better now. Our caravan was a $2,000 caravan. Now it's a little bit better. And we pull up into a, a national park um, and, and we, we join with another with, with, with a community of like-minded people who like to rough it, so to speak, because we don't have fresh water, we don't have power, and, and we just like to... I just love that seeing those young girls. They're about 10. They were going to, uh, to retrieve some bore water, actually. And they, they were only 10, but they had their trolley, and they had this big uh, tank, uh, this container... 10 years old, and here they are doing this old-school stuff of finding water for their little camp. And you don't often see that, do you, in, in our modern world? But I just love that. Then I saw them carting this water back like this, carting 10-year-old girls. I love that. I love that, just seeing kids being able to know what water is, firstly. God, at the start of 2018, he wants to refresh us, revive us, reset us, and give us a sense that he's going to do something brand new, something fresh, something new. He's going to resolve, he's going to reconcile, and he's going to bring you to a point, as I said, a good time is in January is when you pull out of, the, out of the, the fast lane, pull over, Rachel, and just sniff the roses, contemplate God and what He has for you in 2018. You need to hear God. You need to hear what He's saying to you. He's saying lots of stuff. People don't give Him the time or the privilege to speak unto their souls. Now is the time to be made new by every revelation given to you. Ephesians 4.22 to 24 says, You were taught with, with regard to your former way of life. This is speaking to Christians. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put off the old self. Put on the new self. 
2 Corinthians 3.18 says it like this, But we all, seeing the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces as in a mirror, are being transformed, which is a very important word, transformation. You're going to hear more about that in the coming month. Transformed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher, as it says in Hebrews 12, 2. Looking to the author and the finish of your story. 2018, we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. And we're so privileged as a church to partner with people who Jesus is the author of their story. And we want to partner with as many people as we can to see those precious people fulfilled what God has for their life in their future. Amen? We want to see them, we want to see them happy, healthy, radiant with life and love. We want to see you come alive in the transformational power of God, basically. But you need an encounter with God. You need an encounter with the living God. Prophetically speaking, the number eight The number eight is what we are looking at right now. 2018 is our calendar. The Hebrew or the Jewish calendar is 5778. It is 5778 right now. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Eight is the number. You can excited about this. Eight is the number of new beginnings. It is also unity. Maybe it's unity in your heart and your mind and your soul towards God. Maybe your, your soul is not working with your, 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 your body. Your, maybe your, your mind, your will, your emotions is not working with your spirit. Maybe your spirit is not working with your soul and your body is not. And, and you, you're, you, you're sort of clunking along. I believe that there's unity for people this year. On its side, let's let's put up the eight on its side, the symbol of infinity or eternity. I believe that as we make choices that will be lasting, but they will be eternal for the sake of our children, our children's children, the choices that we make as parents the choices as we make as teenagers will matter for your family and for your children's children. Who believes that? That's why it's important. Also, you could look at that sign as a sign of which represents a pair of sunglasses or, or eyeglasses, I should say. And I believe that there is a restoration of 2020 vision to see on the horizon of your life for what God has for you. Let's pray that this season that we're in, that this represents where your eyes are opened to see what God has for you, your calling, the story that He has written out for you. Maybe you need to see your wife or your husband in in the light of eternity, not just carnally. Not just see them, oh, I know my husband, I know my wife, I know them, I, I live with them. But no, how about we look at each other in the light of God's goodness, God's mercy, God's glory. 
Let's look at our marriages in the light, not in the light of carnality, but let's look at it with spiritual eyes. Was that for someone? What a great promise for 2018. Let's go back and find out how we got out of whack, out of alignment. And probably the summary I could give you is God designed humans to think, feel, speak, and act in a certain way. And as a race, in the beginning, Garden of Eden, I'm talking, we walked away from God and we messed up. It messed everything up. It messed the universe up. But through Jesus, he hit the reset button. Who believes that? He's given us hope. He's given us hope. Reset to default settings. I want to talk about Ephesians later, maybe next week, but Ephesians talks about God hitting the reset button through Jesus for humanity. In the Garden of Eden, we decided to, I guess, monkey around with what God was saying and, and the way he wanted us to think and the way we needed to listen. We started to listen to serpents and all sorts of vain imaginations. We, we disobeyed God's instruction. We messed up. But thanks be to Jesus, he came to rescue us. He came to reset us on a course of blessing. Who believes that you can have a new life, a, a new start, a new heart, a new mind. Well, this is what the Bible suggests. That he can take out the stony heart and put a heart of flesh in that you may follow God, not by religious duty, but you can follow God by the intuitiveness of your own heart. Apparently, you're, you, 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 make, you, you know that there's a conscious, conscience. Uh, I, I guess it's, there's only, they say 20% consciousness that you make decisions from, but 80% of your life, 80% of your subconscious is what you're made up of. So 80% is subconscious. 20% is your consciousness of what you think is right. So inside of you, there's this intuitiveness of, of, of knowing what is right or wrong, but knowing what God is even saying to you and somehow we've got to hear God in our subconscious and, and realize what he's saying. I'm praying this morning that, Lord, that we would have an understanding, a realization of what you're saying to us. God's hitting the reset button. In Ephesians it says he's going to reset humanity and even the universe is going to set things right. What would a reset look like for your life? To reset something is literally to set it back to its original purpose and design. Like with an electronic device, when it's not functioning properly and things are not connecting properly. Somehow when we go to the reset things get unstuck. Say unstuck. When things are not operationally efficient, you somehow realize, I need a reset. I need to hit the reboot button, maybe. We can get a, 
a reset on our heart, on our mind, on our voice, on our hands. I've forgotten how to give. I've forgotten how to pray. I've forgotten how to worship. Lord, reset my hands. My mind is straying all the time. I'm thinking about crazy stuff. Reset the mind. My voice is nagging. It's negative. It's critical. Lord, reset my voice. You can by the power of God. So then we have this reset through the Ten Commandments to the Beatitudes. And the Ten Commandments, you know all about the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not. And if you do any of those things, you will be punished. But then Jesus turns up and he basically reformats the Ten Commandments. He basically says, through a message of humility, charity, and brotherly love, he says, actually, if you have a change of heart and you can listen to God and follow His ways and, and, and be humble, and even in your weakness, even if you're poor in spirit, that's good. That's not negative. Can I have the Beatitudes? Maybe we just put it up to paraphrase. This is a, I guess, a, so with the Ten Commandments, the Beatitude life, the poor in spirit, embracing our need for God. The mourners experiencing God's comfort in pain. The meek, blessed you will be. Blessed you will be. The meek, choosing humble submissiveness over ambition and authority. Blessed will be the hungry for righteousness, longing for God to make all things new. Blessed, the merciful, extending God's incredible compassion and mercy. Blessed, the pure in heart, making our hearts fully God's in all we think, say, and do. Blessed, the peacemakers, bringing healing, togetherness, and fullness to the world. Blessed, the persecuted, following Jesus, no matter what the cost. So Jesus is saying, there's great reward if you believe in such attitudes. Whereas the Old Testament, thou shalt not. Don't do that. You're going to get a curse. In actual fact, there's, I think uh, the Bible says in Leviticus 26, it says that there's, there's 11 verses of blessings if you do the right thing, and then there's 33 verses of cursing if you do the wrong thing. But in the New Testament, Jesus presents a reset. I'm resetting the state of play. I'm resetting a way forward. I'm resetting. In the Old Testament, if you fell foul to the Old Testament, there was hardly any way back. There was only one time a year you could make amends and come back to God. In the New Testament, you can bounce right back. You can bounce right back to God through the door that's open, through the sacrifice of what Jesus has done. So this is really our game plan as a church. We hold it dear as a people of God. We hold it dear to who we are. It's the core values of our church. And it's basically a summary of the gospel. Amen? If you move on uh, from chapter 5, where the Beatitudes are, Matthew chapter 5, if you go to chapter 6... You find that there is 
keys of resetting, resetting your life. And the reset is through giving, praying, and fasting. And I want to take you through some of this uh, quickly, and I'm sure it will be helpful. The preacher in Ecclesiastes wrote, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So it says that in Ecclesiastes 4.12, and Jesus, you know, gave his disciples the formula for this three chord, if they were to appropriate and, and do these disciplines, the three of them, the giving, the praying, and the fasting together, that those things cannot be quickly broken. So he says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. When you pray, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Not if you but it's supposed to be, again, our state of play of what we should be doing. So giving, giving is giving back to what belongs to God ultimately, giving God what's His. Deuteronomy 26 verse 2 says it like this, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make His name abide. So find a church Find a church where his presence is at, where his name is upheld, and go there and help and honor God, but help that church do what it does best, and that is spread the gospel. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, as he who sows bountiful, bountifully will also reap bountifully. And you know what? Giving just rebukes the devourer. It, it, it's a confession of the, the gospel. When you give to God, every opportunity you have, you're saying, I believe in the gospel. I believe it's changed my life. Malachi 3.10 says that. Test me in this. Two, establish a bold prayer life. Seek wisdom from the Lord and say, God, I want to pray. I need to pray and I need answers for these situations. So we're constantly praying because the Bible infers constantly that our source of strength comes from prayer, that God is actually commanding us to pray to make things better. God is actually speaking to us constantly to pray for our loved ones. This is how he changes the course of events in people's lives and in our cities, our communities, and our churches. Without prayer, we're going nowhere fast. If you're not praying, it's, it's a show of a lack of faith that you believe that there is probably not a preferred future for that person languishing in hospital or languishing in some situation where they find themselves. But if you have the Word of God in you, and if you have faith, somehow it erupts through prayer. You pray, and you can make things better by praying. So giving and praying is important. It's what we do. The next thing is fasting. The third thing is fasting. Millions of Christians right now are detoxing and fasting. Can I have the, maybe the image of some people, what they're doing right now? They've had a, a very... Um, <laughs> they've, they've enjoyed their Christmas uh, gatherings and the rich foods. And now we have a lot of people... Who's doing this, actually? Who's is already fasting? 
who's already on juices and purging their, their system, their body, who's already doing that? And this is, this is something that I personally do, and this is how I reboot my n- new year. Um, I actually do this crazy thing called fasting. I'll give you five benefits of what fasting can do for you. Fasting is going without food, it's right, and it does dethrone the king, king stomach, we call it, king, king stomach. Doug, do you think you could go on a three-day fast? He's, wow, I should have said one. What about one day? Do I hear one? Do I, okay, let me write through. Who could do a one-day fast? Okay, now I need to start again. Who can do a one-meal fast? Yeah, now I'm getting more responses. Who, who can do a two-meal fast? Yeah, that's pretty good. You're doing well. Who can do a whole day fast? I'm talking about no food and water. I'm not talking about juices and, you know, green smoothies. And I'm talking about no food. Yes, you can. Okay, that's great. Who could do a two-day fast? I'm just interested. I like to do surveys all the time. Two-day fast, he's in for that. I see that hand, Ra. Two-day fast, I see that hand, Cam. I see that hand, two-day fast. I see that hand. Doug's in in for two. Doug's in for two. I thought I lost you at one meal. Okay, who's in for three-day fast? Three days is very significant in the Bible. After three days he rose... Three days, Jonah was in a whale. Three days, and you will be revived, it says. Three days. Of, who's in for three-day fast? I need to see those hands. Come on, come on really put them up. Three days. Three days. Bree, Bree's like, yeah, I could. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I could do that. Yeah, I'm talking about water. No green smoothies and all this stuff here. Yeah, it is a bit hard. Who can do... Who could do 21 days? Okay, you've done your three days water, but this is, this is the fast that I do. I do three, four days water, and then I begin my journey by grace because without spiritualizing it, you're just doing without food, and that's just being a health freak or something. But with fasting in the Bible, it's actually denying the king's stomach and all its, you know, appetites, King's stomach, you're coming off the throne. We're putting Jesus on the throne. And, 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 and it's a monumentous shift in your whole makeup when you do it. I did my first three-day fast when I was 16 years of age as a young hippie, long hair, surfy. And it was just the thing we used to do in the 70s, wasn't it? I knew people who were living on honey up in Coolangatta. We stumbled on people living just on honey. Yeah, just all these weird people around the 70s. It was awesome. I had people living on mangoes. Julia was living on mangoes on a mango farm. She won't tell you that. She put the mango on her face. And, okay, okay. So, so even health experts will say that to reboot your physical body, that you would do well to fast a day to let your liver catch up, to cleanse the impurities out of your system. Two days, three days would be better. But 
I personally do a three-day fast of water and then a 21-day juice, juice. So, and these are the benefits that I can testify to that will happen. And quickly, as fast as I can go, one, greater intimacy with God. First and foremost, this is what the breakthrough can happen through giving, and I'll include giving and praying, and fasting. These are the breakthroughs, but in particular, fasting. First one is greater intimacy with God. Can I, we need to get rid of that. People are starting, yeah. Can I have the, the great intimacy with God title? So David says, through the season of fasting, he says in Psalm 42, verse 1 to 3, as the deer pants after the water brooks, so my soul pants after you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When will I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they always say to me, where is your God? So David is really, he's sacrificing his very life unto God and saying, Lord, I need you. I need you now. Two, God's help. This is the second reason why fasting is good. If you really need God's help, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'd love to tease out the story. It tells the amazing story of God's people under attack. And it's about Jehoshaphat. And it says in 2 Chronicles 20, 12, For we have no strength enough to stand before this great army that is coming against us. And we do not know what we should do, but our eyes are on you. Say, my eyes are on you. So they fasted and God responded and a dramatic deliverance came about. I believe fasting can break you through those circumstances that you're facing right now at the start of this year. 2 Chronicles 20, 15 says, Do not fear nor be dismayed because of this great army for the battle is not yours, but it is God. Three Fasting can give you understanding. You get caught up in the canality of your own mind. Sometimes you need to fast to get the higher view of God, to get the mind of Christ's view, to hear God in what He's saying about that state of, state of play that you're in. The third thing is understanding. And Daniel fasted for 21 days to gain understanding, and Gabriel responded, Do not be afraid, Daniel. From, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words, of your prayer, of your fasting. And I have come to make you understand. You don't have to live in the fog of confusion, guys. But I tell you this, it might cost you to deny yourself to lay down the appetites of life and honestly come before God with your heart, say, God, I'm reaching out to you like never before. Fourth, authority. The fourth area we can target is when we need authority. And there's the story of the father who has a, a son that is demon-possessed and the disciples tried to, you know, deliver the boy and it didn't happen and they were, they were you know, discouraged. And, but Jesus came onto the scene and he was gloriously set free. And they asked Jesus, why could we not cast it out? In uh, Matthew 17, 20, 
Why couldn't we cast it out? He, they re, and Jesus replied, because of your unbelief. For truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Then he also said in Mark 9.29, this kind cannot come out except by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. So there's a level of authority you can gain by not, from you, not being a, a tributal to, from you, but you can actually stand in that authority. It's authority of God. It's not your own authority. It's the authority of God that you can stand in with faith, knowing that you're attuned to God, that you're hearing God, and you can do these radical things, like pray for people and even pray for their deliverance. When you can't, you can't. You, you can't. You're outside the scope of God's authority and God's anointing. When you feel like you're anointed, you just, you just want to cry, do ridiculous things. The fifth thing and the last thing is heaven's perspective. And this is the last one. The fifth area we can step into during our fasting is the ability to see God's perspective. And that's what I'm praying for you in 2018. Isaiah 58 records... God's response to the people of God who are fasting. And he said, look, you're just doing it because it looks good. And he said, this is the sort of fasting I want. And he says to them, is not. And it's in Isaiah 58, verse 6 and 7. And this is God setting the record straight. says, look, just don't do it religiously. Don't do it because it looks good. Do it because of this. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is It is not to divide your bread with the hungry, and break, break the poor who are outcasts into your house, and bring the poor as outcasts into your house. See, God is interested through fasting in bringing justice. God is a God of justice. Let's stand. God bless you. Father in heaven, as we give, as we pray, as we give and as we pray and as we fast, we pray for a divine reset. We pray, Lord God, that we would face this year, not another year of the humdrum of being, feeling like we've answerable to all these dutiful things but Lord we we pray that we'd hear you first that you would be reprioritized in our life sorry Lord if I've been too busy sorry Lord if I've put you in the uh, on the outer sorry Lord if I've not practiced your presence sorry Lord if I've been treating life just like, just like every other day. Lord, I, I pray at the start of this year that you would give me a sense of anticipation that you're doing something fresh, new. The Bible says in Isaiah, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see the calling on your life? Do you not see yourself being involved in the things of God. As that prayer says, as that scripture says, it's no good just fasting. 
you got to fast for the right reasons. You've got to fast for the, for the justice issues, for the things that, are, that I want to set straight. It's just not for health, but it's to bring my will to pass. Your will be done. Your kingdom come through my prayers, Lord, through my giving, through my fasting, Lord God. I stand before you and say, God, as you said, when they said, how do we pray, dear God? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us for our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespassed against us, let's pause right there. Lord, we forgive everyone that we feel that they have offended us. Lord, you're quick to forgive and I don't have to jump through hoops. You said I could come to you and quickly you would forgive. Lord, I'm asking right now that you'd forgive every ugly thought, every critical thought, every thought that I have against anyone in my life, any family members, any people at work, any people in my life, I forgive them right now to clear the slate, to start the, the year afresh and anew. Lord, I unburden myself. I untangle myself from the complications of unforgiveness. I do this in your name, Jesus, to give you glory. Let's do that right now. 15 seconds. Do that. Do that. Just ask for forgiveness. That person that offended me, that person that, that, that gets on my goat, that person that I'm in enmity with, I forgive them and give them up unto you, God. The Bible says so that Satan's plans can be outwitted, so that they can be forgiven, I can be forgiven, so that Satan's plans might be outwitted, the Bible says. Lord, I lose myself now to gain higher altitude, in spirituality in you. Lord, I want to worship you. I want to praise you like there's no tomorrow. Oh God, I want to practice your presence. Reset my heart. Reset my mind. Reset me right now, Lord God. And eyes are closed. As eyes are closed right now, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is speak into hearts for the start of this year that you want to start with a wind in your sails with your eyes open with 2020 spiritual vision of seeing what God has for you in your life that you're not going to listen to what just what anyone says but you're going to listen to what God says when the serpent came to Eve and the serpent said did God really say well he did God did say Jesus is my son my only begotten son and whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life I'd love to give you a brand new start I'd, I'd just 
love to see you have a reset in your heart, your mind, your soul. I would just love to see you reset your life, your course towards eternity, towards heaven. I would love to see you right now by the simple acknowledgement to say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my God. You're the lover of my soul. You want to protect me. You want to preserve me. You want to provide for me. You love me without a shadow of a doubt. I feel it and I know it. And I want to acknowledge it right now with eyes closed, eyes closed. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up. I've got a 45-second prayer that will usher you into eternity, that will usher you into a journey of faith, of practicing the presence of God. If that's you from the front to the back, from this side to this side, I want to pray with you, and we will all pray together. But if you want to be included in this prayer, please, from the front to the back, put up your hand when I count to three would you do that this is a prayer this is an acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is forgiving your sins turning things around and giving you the life that you deserve if that's you on the count of three one everyone's praying in the house two and everyone really if that's your friend beside you give them a little nudge right now and say this prayer could be for you this is a prayer of salvation. Hundreds of thousands of people say it all across the earth. If this prayer is for you and you want this prayer, three, just lift up your hand quickly from the front to the back. Just put it up, put it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any others? Quick, quick, quick. My time is gone. Quick, quick, put it up, put it down. Or it's a recommitment. Yeah, yeah. Or it's a recommit. Yeah, yeah, that's just a recommitment yeah at the back that's awesome it's a recommitment to say Lord I've been a bit slack man I've been living out on the back paddocks of life feel like I've gone astray feel like Lord this year I need to change my change my priorities that's it all right here it is that's pretty good half a dozen people that's pretty good that's what it's all about. Here it is. Here it is. You're not joining a church. You're not becoming religious. You're simply saying through this prayer, Jesus Christ, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Come to live in my heart. Lead me, guide me forevermore. Are you up for that? Are you up for that? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go just got to be like a child guys just got to believe in your heart here it is here's the prayer just say this prayer after me father god we're going to all say it together by the way here we go father god i believe in your son jesus i believe you walked the earth performed miracles died on the cross for my sin rose on the third day lives to intercede for me in heaven Jesus Lord Jesus forgive me forgive me of all my sin wash me clean set me free come to live in my heart I turn my back on darkness I turn my back on doubters and I look to the promised land. 
of my salvation and of my best life for 2018. Jesus, lead me, guide me. There it is, there it is. Fill me, revive me, hold my hand. Lead me, God, out of this mess, out of this confusion. Lead me into the bright and new day of a great horizon of my new life in 2018. And the saints say, and the saints say, amen. Give it up for the Lord. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.